Welcome to Interpod, a podcast by Interpride where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. In this episode, we focus on the freedom of assembly, speech, and expression, and how in some countries, policies and laws prevent the LGBTQIA community from celebrating, advocating, and expressing ourselves, especially when it comes to our issues. Before we get to our interview, let's listen in to Michael Lavers of the Washington Blade for today's news covering the global LGBTQIA community. This is Michael Lavers, and I'm the international news editor for the Washington Blade, America's LGBTQ news source. I just left Berlin, where LGBTQ and intersex Ukrainians were among the hundreds of thousands of people who participated in the city's annual Christopher Street Day march that took place on July 23rd. Many of them fled Ukraine after Russia launched its war with little more than the clothes on their backs. Some of the march participants with whom I spoke are trying to build a new life in Germany, while others have defiantly decided to remain in Ukraine. One activist from Kyiv, the Ukrainian capital, urged the West to, quote, stop Russian aggression, end quote, even though march organizers in Berlin specifically called for peace in Ukraine. Many other March participants from Ukraine simply wanted their voices heard and urged the world not to forget about their LGBTQ and intersex brothers and sisters who remained behind. In other news, a referendum on Cuba's new family code that would extend marriage and adoption rights to same-sex couples is scheduled to take place on September 25th. It would be a historic milestone for Cuba if the new family code becomes law, but one must acknowledge that human rights abuses, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity, remain commonplace on the island. Brenda Diaz, a transgender woman with HIV, recently received a 14-year prison sentence after she participated in one of the anti-government protests that took place across Cuba on July 11, 2021. Independent LGBTQ and intersex activists and journalists on the island continue to face harassment and the threat of arrest if they publicly criticize the Cuban government. And finally, LGBTQ and intersex activists in the U.S. and around the world continue to express their outrage over the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade. It remains to be seen if the U.S. Senate passes the Respect for Marriage Act, that would codify marriage equality into federal law. The world, in the meantime, continues to watch and be wait and see. This is Michael Lavers. Please visit us at WashingtonBlade.com if you want to get more news about the global LGBTQ and intersex rights movement. Police attacked and arrested hundreds of young people during this year's Pride celebrations in Turkey, a record number considering the arrests have happened in recent years, according to the Human Rights Watch. Local authorities had banned the march, citing security concerns and the need to keep public order. Despite the ban, LGBTQIA activists continued to protest and hold pride events around the country, including the 30th year anniversary of Istanbul Pride. Joining us to discuss what's happening in Turkey are two young activists and students from Queer Anka. I'm Ilgun and I'm member, yes, member of Queer Anka, uh, like a organization uh, in Turkey based on Ankara University and I'm, I'm also a student and I'm 20 years old. Uh, I'm also uh, I'm also a member of Queer Anka. I'm a member of it for like seven years now. I've also graduated from Ankara University but uh, right now I'm trying to do my master's degree there. Some very alarming and scary news coming out of Turkey and this year's Pride celebration 
and they're calling it mass arrests, or at least a record number of young folks who've been arrested during Pride celebrations in Turkey. So let's uh, have each of you respond to this question of uh, what's happening in Turkey. This year, Pride happened in multiple cities, but the most important ones were in Istanbul and Ankara. I think to around 200 or 250 people arrested in Istanbul and 50 people arrested in Ankara. Uh, I was also one of them. But these prizes were first prize after pandemic. So these prizes were not that crowded. Like these prizes were not that strong in, uh, compared to prizes before pandemic. Also because the political reasons, because uh, there are lots of uh, they arrest almost everyone attending, attending Pride. Also, violence is really, really high. Like, it's higher than ever before. Uh, for example, when they uh, arrested me and when they were taking us to the police station with bus, lots of, lots of bad things happened on the bus, actually. Like, lots of uh, verbal and physical harassment and torture and uh, handcuffed from the back. I, from the back, but uh, yeah, like uh, they hold us. We we were we were in the police station for like for more than twelve hours, and they didn't give us food. They didn't give us water, and yeah, the situation is really bad. So people are afraid to attend Pride. Before two thousand fifteen, uh, we we could we were doing our Pride uh, Pride march like freely and it was really crowded really really crowded but not like that anymore everyone scares to attend i would like to add just uh, the violent ways uh, police arrested the uh, pride attendants because it was like uh, beyond human violence like they beat the people and like um they didn't even get the chance to like say some slogans and like walk somewhere uh, they were like just um organized and like uh, when the actions started happening the police just uh, arrested them all and the rest just uh had to like leave the place so it was not really a pride um this year it was just like a pride attempt in my opinion we were planning to do it in a park but some far-right conservative groups went to the park for us. Uh, so the cops closed the park. We tried to uh, get into the park, but we couldn't. So while we were trying, we just separated. And like when we separated, we, we got weak. So uh, like first, these mem members of these far-right groups attacked us and cops attacked us and we were not together, so we couldn't and yeah everyone just arrested or just run away yeah it was like small groups of uh groups of prides on different locations not like a or organized one thing unfortunately uh, but what grounds are they arresting young people for especially uh, during these pride celebrations after they arrested me uh, they showed me a paper and on the paper it was saying that i uh i did violation against the cops i insulted the cops and that's the reason that, that they showed it as a reason like but the only thing i was trying to do uh, stop i was trying to stop the cops because cops were beating my friends they the cops were uh like 
was they were really how can I say like it just it was really harsh like and I was just trying to stop them I was just trying to hold them and they said I did violence against the cops and they said some of the slogans were insulting the cops they said they said it was violation against cops but in other protests in like some universities in Istanbul I think they didn't like need a reason to stop the students and the people here like when they started gathering together the police just like announced like um just leave the place and when they didn't uh, they just attacked the people uh without a without really a warning like if you don't uh leave this place we're gonna arrest you or something they didn't say that and just they just attacked people and when they started arresting some of the uh, people uh, every person that tried to stop them were arrested too uh, for police violation and rules violating the rules I think then begs the question you know what is exactly is illegal is it illegal to be LGBTQIA plus in Turkey uh, what are the anti-LGBTQ laws in place if so and we've read you know at least for this president and his administration and their anti-LGBTQ views, uh, but are there anti-LGBTQ laws in place? Actually, it's not illegal. And uh, it's actually, uh, I mean, the Turkey, for, for Turkey, there was Ottoman Empire. Uh, Ottoman Empire actually was the second country I think in the world delegalized, uh, no, legalized uh, the um, homo- Being gay. I- yeah, almost. I, I know it's the right expression in English, but the homosexual relation, like Ottoman Empire was the second country in the world legalizing homosexual relations in the world. So, and after that, it was never uh, legal. Uh, but uh, actually, for 2015, we were really free. Like, we, we could do our price very freely. There were LGBT people on television, on movies. And, Actually, this is what I'm working right now. Uh, like we were, we were really free, but everything changed uh, around 2013 and 15. Right now, uh, they found ex- they find excuses. Just for example, we had party like uh, we had the LGBT party two months ago, and they just, they said there's pandemic, you can't do that, but. People do parties everywhere. Like it was just an excuse. So same thing happens for them, right? They they find an excuse. Uh, sometimes mayor doesn't let let us do, and they said something is near, something happening near, so we can't let you do this. And like they they always find excuses. Actually, the first time Erdogan was elected. He, he called himself a conservative Democrat, and he openly said on television that uh, a constitutional security for LGBT people is necessary. He openly said it, and he actually said it multiple times. So most of the liberals trusted him, and most of the also LGBT people in that time trusted him and voted for him. But then he really changed. I think this is my personal opinion. Everything changed with his part protests, because uh, the LGBT people attended and uh, the LGBT people were a big part of it. 
I think everything changed after that, and Erdogan became much more conservative every year. But uh, the only protection, protective law uh, was Istanbul Convention. Actually, we were the first country signed it. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a protection for women and LGBT Europe. Uh, but Erdogan decided to leave last year. It's still not uh, certain because uh, our opposition parties says he can't do it on his own. Uh, Parliament is also approved this, but he does what he wants. So we'll see what's going to happen. But we can tell that it's a crackdown on youths because it appears that they're targeting universities. Is this correct that they are targeting young people? I think old people uh, don't really participate in the protest because they're actually afraid of losing their jobs and like having a bad reputation because it's possible they can like uh, write down you got arrested in a protest in your resume. Uh, and that's why uh, only, not only, but mostly young people just participate in prides and they are more targeted because I think they want to like scare young people away uh, so they don't participate and uh, make uh, the protest more popular in in one sense. Yeah, I agree. Like, for example, we have a mandatory military duty in Turkey. But, and, um, for example, if you are gay, if you're an LGBT person, if you're transgender, uh, you have a right to not do that duty. But if you do that, uh, it will be in your resume for like, everyone will see it. Everyone will see that you're LGBT. So people scared to do that. Same thing for protests. Like if, if you're arrested, it will be in your resume forever and you can't find job in the government. It will be impossible. If you're an LGBT people in government buildings, like you're definitely gonna be fired there. They can't do it legally, but I'm sure that they will find an excuse. So for example, this year on Curb Pride, uh, we were just, almost everyone was between 18 and 25. Like no, no one older than 25 was attended. Like maybe just a few people, but no more than 10 people, I can say. That's why they're targeting youth. These are pretty serious potential consequences. And at the same time, it feels as if people like yourselves are, are not necessarily backing down. And in fact, we see uh, folks continue to mobilize and organize queer spaces in the safest way possible. What is your response to continuing on with the movement, the fight for equal rights, and the response to what this administration is, is clearly doing? Um, I could say for we're a student club, so first of all, I, I could say things for student club. First of all, uh, like three or four years ago, we were, a big, we were a really big club. We had lots of members, and we were doing educational workshops, film days, movie days, and picnics in the campus, in our university campus. We were really free, actually, and we really increased the visibility of LGBT people in our university. But lately, it's really changed. So right now, what we can do is very limited. Uh, right now, we're trying to be a safe place for LGBT people in, you know, in our universities. We can't do anything in our campus right now. So we're usually meeting in a cafe or in a 
bar or somewhere like that. You can't meet in campus. Now we're just trying to be a safe place for everyone and increase the visibility. Um, I think that's all we can do as a student club, but as general, uh, I know that LGBT uh, or queer uh, organizations are trying to make contact with left parties, liberal and communist and uh, Kurdish parties, green parties, like uh, they're trying to make contact and oh, they, they want their support. Actually, we usually get support from them, but it's not that much nowadays, actually, I can say, because these parties want to, uh, how can I say, lots of people are leaving Erdogan's party, and uh, these parties want to get these party members, get these uh, conservative people to their party. They want to get, they want their votes. So right now, they're not supporting us very openly, actually, I can say that they're like, they were doing it in a silent way, I can say, uh, but we're still getting support from them. We're, we're in contact. And also I know that organizations are trying to make contact with uh, American, Canadian and European embassies. Uh, they're, they're really supporting us. They're supporting us financially. They're uh, actually, they're uh, coming to our pride march to help us yeah that's all i can say what we can do is a little limited these days you mentioned that yes you have been arrested your peers have been arrested what do we do about these cases how do you how do we plan to fight against these cases that you're charged with insulting the police i mean i don't know how you how they even can prove that i was holding up a a sign for gay rights. Uh, how do they prove that that insults a police? How do so that basically is a question of, you know, how do we help you fight these cases? Uh, when people get arrested um, in our country, at least if they don't provide uh, a lawyer, the states like assigns them a lawyer, and in usual cases, uh, the assigned lawyer can be bad and like phobic. Uh, so for this reason, we have like um, an army of lawyers beside us when doing prides, so they can be supportive to us and like be on the um, police station right away when people get arrested. And also uh, we as uh, people like uh, the attendees of the pride um, go to the hospital and police station uh, to support our friends like uh, we wait outside of the institutions uh, so when when our friends get out they don't get assaulted again or like nothing bad happens to them uh, actually uh, and in the last pride uh, Ankara pride we me and some of the friends were waiting outside the hospital for Ozan actually and we waited uh, until like 6 a.m. I think and they were released at 5 a.m. So they were like trying to um, distance uh, us from like waiting there uh, so we can leave and not have support for our friends. First of all, I, I, I want to say that I'm in LGBT movement in Ankara for like nine or ten years and this is the first time someone from abroad contacted us. So that made me really, really happy because I always felt alone in this. Because, uh, like, 
I've always seen that in, in Netherlands, in UK, in US or Canada, France, like LGBT communities are like are like this. But in Turkey, we usually don't get any support from abroad. We don't get any contact. No one made made contact with us before. So that made me feel happy. I want to say thank you first. And um for the question, uh, we had tactics uh, actually. Um Five, into four or five years ago, we were just gathering in a square or in a park, and we were doing our pride. But these days, we have we have different tactics. For example, uh, this Ankara pride, we separated into different groups, and every group uh, sit in in a different cafe or in a bar. And when the time came, uh, we all took taxi, and we all tried to go to park at the same time we were just planning we were planning to do we were planning to say uh, to the taxi driver to follow the other taxi and the other group would would do the same and the other group would do the same and we all will be in the park at the same time so there will be a crowd next to the park we were planning that or in istanbul last year they did something different they said every LGBT community will do pride in their own neighborhood, they said. So cops couldn't uh, reach anywhere. Uh, we, we, have we have tactics like that. It's usually doesn't work. It doesn't work properly, actually, but at least we're trying. Also, uh, the LGBT organization, has, uh, they have, I can say, Army of lawyers. They they have lots of lawyers, and they are always coming after coming for us after we arrested, and they're helping us. Also, like I said, we're getting help or support from uh, left parties, or we're getting support from embassies, especially U.S. and European embassies. They help us a lot. They also come to our pride. They talk with the police, and they're they're trying to do something. It, it, it also doesn't work usually, but yeah, at least they're trying and we're happy to see that. There's so many of us who are paying attention, especially the pride communities. If uh, they are listening and they want to support you, how can they do that? And any last thoughts, any uh, message you would like to send pride organizers? I think uh, the way to help is just like contacting us and hearing from us sharing our experiences and like maybe uh, making a public announcement like we're here for you and we support you, uh, Turkey. I think that should like at least motivate uh, LGBT people uh, in our country to like uh, make more, put more efforts into activism because it's uh, more mm. like hopeless um, right around that time because of the laws and like unsuccessful pride events. Yeah, I agree with Ilgen. Uh, once, I think it was 2015 Istanbul Pride, Ian McKellen uh, shared post about Istanbul Pride that year, and that really made me happy, for example. But when I read the comments, I've seen that uh, some people were like, I will never go to Turkey, I'll never uh, give money to a homophobic country or something like that saying stuff like that actually that made me really sad because that also uh, made me feel more alone much more alone I, I i think people shouldn't do that like people should 
share, publish, publish things, and also come here. Like, for example, we have Queer Fest in Ankara, and it's a queer film festival. And uh, for, for like two years or three years, uh, some directors from United States or Europe comes to Queer Fest, and that makes me feel happy. Like, people should come and like, we should do stuff together. That's, I, that's all I want to say. Also, um, for example, uh, when something bad happens in, in a different country, for example, Palestine, something bad happens in Palestine, people go to Israel and the embassy of Israel and protest uh, next to the embassy. Like maybe, maybe people can do something like that so our government can hear that everyone is against what they're doing or something. I also want to say something about, um, for example, LGBT, most of the LGBT people want to uh, go to abroad in Turkey right now. They want to escape, they want to flee the country. But uh, this year, uh, Europe actually closed its border to Turkey. You can you can only go to Europe for educational reasons right now. Schengen, all the Schengen area closed its borders for Turkey. Maybe uh, LGBT people in Europe can protest that because we, lots of people are life. Life is really hard for us in Turkey, and they find only one way to solve this: just escape, just run away. And Europe stopped this. Like not right now, the only our only hope is United States or Canada. Like maybe they, maybe they can protest. Them. Wow! Can you re- um, just clarify one thing? So. You mentioned the Schengen areas of Europe have closed its borders to Turkey. So basically, you can't enter those countries unless it's for educational purposes. Yeah, uh, they didn't do it officially, but uh, it's all on the news. Like no one can get their visa right now. No one. I also applied for French visa like a few months ago, and they didn't give it. To, they didn't give me visa, and they didn't give me any visa. They just rejected it and I went to France before. I I went to many countries in Schengen area before and they just they just didn't let me. They're doing it to everyone and as I've seen on the news, like they're doing it to everyone. Like I, I've seen a professor on Twitter, like he wanted to attend a conference in in Europe and they didn't give him a visa. Like he, he he's just gonna attend a conference. They I think they're they're afraid that we're just gonna flee to Europe. Uh, yeah, I think um, like going abroad is our only option, uh, pretty much in Turkey because we can't um work properly or like we can't find uh work properly or easily because a lot of people just reject the work applications because you're LGBTQ, and studying is uh really hard. Like if you're um openly uh, if you're open about your sexuality or gender identity a lot of uh, universities um, the professors treat you differently than other people so our only option to like continue our education or continue our life uh, with working is going abroad and this is uh, pretty much stopped right now if you like, uh, if you don't um, go on Erasmus, uh, and that's like pretty discouraging to our people. 
Thank you so much for joining us and tuning in to this month's focus on freedom of assembly, speech, and expression. For more episodes of Interpod, visit interpride.org. There, you can also find more information about our upcoming annual general members meeting and world conference that is happening in late October. Scholarships are still available, but you must be a member to apply. Become a member today if you are not already. This is Interpod, a podcast by Interpride, where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. 